Better listen very carefully. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready. Essentially, at this point, the fight is over. So you pretty much flow with the goal. Who is worthy to be trusted with the secret to limitless power? I'm ready. Ladies and gentlemen, today's show is brought to you by Parry Athletics, the best pair of training shorts in the game. They do rashies, they do shirts, but what I love is they have shorts for you to roll in as well as shorts for you to chill in. I love them because they're so multi-purpose and they look awesome. Now you can get your hands on these and you get 20% off with the code BULLETPROOF20 at checkout. Get yours today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Bulletproof for BJJ podcast. Strength basics, overhead press. Now, this is really important and underrated for jiu-jitsu players. Why is that? Most of what we do is kind of in front of us. A lot of us do push-ups. Plenty of people out there love a bench press. But very few people are good with their hands above their head. That's typically where they're weak. If you can be strong up here, you can be strong down here. But it's hard to get there. Uh, have you seen problems with jits players trying to get their hands overhead? Yeah, almost all of them. The I think the underappreciated thing about having poor overhead range or flexibility is like stiff shoulders, like yeah. make that hard, but also your thoracic extension. Yeah, your, being hunched. Yeah, and so that jits posture of ours which hunches us, you spend all the time you want opening the shoulders, but if you're upper back rounds forward, you're still always going to be like pressing the weight forward. And I guess – Maybe the not so obvious thing to point out for folks is that when we're talking about pressing a weight overhead, there's a balancing act. Yeah. And so you're trying to balance that weight. If you can have your feet, hips, shoulders, and the weight stacked in one vertical line, mm. great. But if you can't, i.e. the weight is pitched forward, yeah. you never like it's always going to be a fucking struggle. So yeah, it's a I had a bodybuilding coach that I knew years ago. Um, not someone I respected all that much. <laughs> But I remember him saying yeah. once, big jacked, juiced a bunch, had a bunch of clients who were big jacked, juiced. We are talking about overhead pressing and he said, it's fraught with danger, overhead pressing, fraught with danger. And I was like, well, maybe you because you're a fucking juice monkey and <laughs> you know what I mean? You can't even wash under your own arms. Like ah, so, ah, so tight, ah. you know what I mean? <laughs> but I'm like, overhead pressing, it shouldn't be fraught with danger. It should be something that we're trying to develop. You can do, yeah. yeah. The jiu-jitsu golem posture, my press, yes. Mm. Preciosa. Yeah, there it is. It's a problem. It's a problem. And it's generally in my – from what I've found is most of the reason why people uh, struggle with getting better there is they got really tight lats. we got the forward posture from jits, but, you know, you need strong, tight lats to to be good through jiu-jitsu for all your gi and no-gi actions. But if you look at wrestlers specifically and also striking athletes, they're good in extension. They're good at posting. They're good at expressing – that range of motion but generally jiu-jitsu we're all tight yep so we want your shoulders to be healthy and part of the reason why i love the overhead press is it tells you a lot about the rest of the body it doesn't matter if you're doing it with a barbell kettlebell dumbbell anything if you're standing and you have to press above your head your knees have to support your hips have to support your lower back your core all the way up your body is your bench that's the way it was explained to me so if you have weakness anywhere through that kind of chain you're not going to be able to push up into the weight well. Mm, it's not nice. going to translate well. So if someone has a weak overhead press, it generally indicates weakness or inefficiency further down the chain. 
Right. But you don't get that with the bench press. You know, it's kind of – it's more hidden to you because even though bench press is considered to be a compound exercise, it is isolated in, in, a, in a certain way compared to an overhead press which requires your whole body. Yeah. Now, just to confirm, are we talking standing overhead press? I am saying standing head overhead press, even though obviously there's many variations like a Z press, you're sitting on the floor, sitting down on a – on a bench, there's a few ways you can do it. You can do half kneeling. But standing is the kind of lot more honest. Standing is key because you also have to get the weight up. You have to be able to support the weight standing. So your whole body has to support it. Yeah. Whether you have to clean that weight up to that position or you unrack it, you have to stand there and support it. It's not a shoulder press machine. Yeah. You know, the work isn't done for you. And that's why it's very honest. I think back to a lot of the overhead pressing that I did when I was like – a uh, 16 year old trying to get big sure and overhead pressing was just always done seated on a bench yeah and you would always have the bench just leaning back a touch yeah so that it was kind of like a really like a really steep incline bench press. yeah you can use like, the pecs a bit yeah you're never truly bit. opening the shoulders but but when you go overhead press standing mm. there's the weights are in front of you and then as you reach the top position the weights are stacked on top yeah. And that's something that can only really come in a standing position or, or a Z press. Yeah, you can do it in a Z press. I mean, you can do it true. anywhere, but you can't bypass it. That's it. Yeah. And and the reason why we're talking about this is powerlifting has just reignited its popularity through social media, squat bench dead, everybody fucking loves it. But I would actually say an overhead press for jiu-jitsu is more important than a bench press. That's because shoulder health in jiu-jitsu athletes is terrible. And even myself, uh, when I was early in the jiu-jitsu journey, I was doing too many pull-downs. I was doing too much lat work and not enough overhead stuff. And I started getting shoulder pain uh, directly in my kind of rhomboids back of my shoulder. And I was like, why the fuck have I got this shoulder pain? And I had a real shoulder imbalance. And I went and saw Andrew Locke. And, he, you know, the first time I walked into his office, he looked... Famous guest of the podcast. He is, and also just a man of, of great repute and girth. Big man, big man, big strong man. And I went to his office. He looked like a fucking Bond villain. He had like a three-piece fucking suit on. He had a tie. Like, Where's like a chain a, around a gold his neck, chain. Yeah. Like not gold chain. He, he usually, yeah, he's got that kind of chain and tre- padlock. Tretch from uh, Naughty by Nature. Yeah. Used to wear a chain with a padlock. But there's that, something about the pr- prison system. But yeah, the thing about Andrew Locke is he's a very- uh, Oh, I never put it together. Locke. Yeah. I never made that connection. Andrew Locke. That's why the padlock- yeah. My guy. But, um, but yeah, so I walked into his office and there's this big Bond villain guy at his desk. But most of his offices are either like encyclopedias of physiology and then there's like a GHD, kettlebells, chains, dumbbells. Like it kind of looked like a torture room. I'm like, what the, f- the fuck? This is a physio office. And he is so much – he relates a lot of injury and physical pain to lack of strength. Without oversimplifying what Andrew does – Dr. Locke, he does a lot of great things. But if you know his philosophy, he's all about getting people strong. Yeah. And he looked at my scap and he said, nah, you got a winging scap. And I was like, no, say it ain't so. I was like, bullshit, my scaps are strong. He was like, no, no, they're not. He's like, part of the reason why you got this pain is your scapula is just kind of hanging off here. You know, you, it's not sitting strong and flat to your back. And he's like, do you do much overhead pressing? And I was like, no, not really. And he's like, that's a huge problem. And so he gave me a bunch of different exercises to try to get to solve this problem. But one of them was stretching my lats and getting myself in the overhead position. Because when you're in that overhead position, your scap has to like 
like not just depressed but sit in and flat. So right. part of it was getting my serratus strong, getting my rhomboid strong, getting my my. What what's going on with the scap? There's a it, it, an upward rotation as you press overhead. Well, depending on the situation, I don't want to mislabel this. It's not just that it depresses, but it sits in and down like your serratus pulls it in flat. Right. If serratus is weak, rhomboids are weak. Like yep. it's hard for it to be a stable shoulder girdle. Yep. And you need it to sit nice and strong for you to get to that overhead position. So what I realized through this process of just fuckery and just doing jiu-jitsu and not, not strengthening my shoulders enough, I wasn't doing enough overhead pressing. Then I found fucking kettlebells. Mm. And so much of what kettlebell training is is overhead. Yeah. Like pressing, snatching, jerking, all of that. It's all about getting your shoulders really fucking strong. And I found through doing Turkish get-ups and doing a bunch of other stuff – this also got my shoulder really stable and strong. But the number one thing was getting a really strong overhead press. And that went from a traditional press with a kettlebell, which is just from the rack position, to a palm press, to a bottoms-up press. Mm. And that was fucking next level for shoulder stability, grip, rotator cuff, the whole piece. So my favorite version of an overhead press is, um, is a bottoms-up press with a kettlebell. But that's very advanced. I wouldn't say to people, if you've never done a lot of weight training, just do a bottoms-up press. I would say start with your traditional type pressing. Yeah, build your base first. Build your base and, and then go from there. And look, barbells are great, dumbbells are great. There's a lot of great ways you can get it. But um, yeah, that's, that's what I like. Yeah, I, um, it's funny reflecting on where I sort of came to overhead pressing as a thing. I think it was CrossFit for me and okay. the big bias on Olympic lifting. Of course. And so Olympic weightlifting is all overhead work, right? Like mm. you got whatever the pulls and the, 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 the hinging work and the squatting, but it's always ending with the barbell overhead, Yeah, right? Be it a jerk or a snatch. And so jerks, presses, overhead squats. And yeah. so there's a real emphasis on shoulder positioning and upper like thoracic extension, yeah, right, like upper back extension. Must have it. Just to clarify, like you got these sections of the back. When we're saying thoracic, we're talking about kind of the area upper between back. your shoulder blades, and the extension is the ability of that area to kind of like lift up, and yeah, so it almost curve inwards. Um, but modern life and jujitsu tends to make it more flexed, which is rounded the other way. So, Good, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, just to yeah, be clear about that. That's kind of built into that style of training. But if you've not done, like if you've just done sort of more traditional bodybuilding type stuff, you or even calisthenics, you've potentially never really visited the overhead positioning very much. Well, would you say, and this is something I was going to ask, because obviously it's easier to progress an overhead press from a lightweight to a heavier weight, but with a handstand, your body weight to your body weight. Yeah. But there's a lot of people out there just trying to kick up into a handstand, right? Yeah. Your alignment for a handstand is quite important, isn't it? Like, yeah, it's everything. It's everything. Yeah, right? I mean, arguably, there's people that can bypass it. Sure. The accepted aesthetic or body organization of a handstand is that everything's straight. Yeah. Hands, shoulders, spine, hips, hips. feet. Right. But actually, if you look back at gymnastics of like, I don't know, maybe like 19th century, yep. 20th century, um, they favored more of a banana. Oh, okay. Yeah, and it was more of a th- – and it was like – so it was like pressing into the floor, big back arch – Oh, okay. That was considered the aesthetic engine. So it's just right. interesting to realize that now, right now we like pin straight. It has changed over yeah. time. But what we, what we definitely know is that for people who are trying to handstand, if, the sh- if they don't have good shoulder mobility or if they don't have adequate shoulder mobility, mm. they're going to have to have a big arch in their back. 
Yeah. And that's usually going to mean that they're in an uncomfortable position. And you could say that for most people, this position is inefficient. Yeah. It's, sure. it's hurts their lower back. They don't feel strong. They never find any balance. And it's all because you can't get your shoulder into a good position. Similar to having tight ankles and trying to squat. Squat. Yeah. Yeah. And look, the thing that opened my eyes up about uh, pressing is uh, my, my Russian coach, Ifim, got me to do a lot of different variations. He got me to do like, uh, what I don't know what they call it, chaos bar, like a, a unstable bar to overhead press. Oh, yeah. Like a bar with bands and kettlebells. kettlebells and like that's, that's crazy. He made me do a lot of different variations of pressing, like a, doing a bent press, like, like a half kneeling press, like just changing. Windmills and shit. You yeah. consider like a windmill like a form of pressing? No, no, that's like straight arm strength. Okay. It's the same thing with a get up. It's, yep. it's like straight arm strength training. It's not, it's not actually, I wouldn't consider it a press because nothing happens at the elbow. You know, like you're not, right. you don't, there's no flexion or extension. You're just locking out your stomach. But it's still awesome for developing your shoulders. Mm. But if we want to get back to the pressing thing, behind the head, like behind the neck press, yeah. the barbell, right, right that, left amazing lift and a lot of people are like oh it'll fuck your shoulders no if you have the range of motion it's the best yeah it's amazing but that is the the condition that's the caveat most people don't have the range of motion through the pecs and the external rotation to suitably stabilize their shoulders and press out from there yeah that's right yeah it's it's kind of like with all exercises there's people that it's suited for and people it's not suited yeah. for and often what will tend to happen if a bunch of people aren't suited for something and they try it and get injured, then they start saying, they well, that's a it. bad exercise. Yeah. that exercise. So, yeah, behind the neck pressing is definitely on the more kind of advanced front there. But, it's yeah, when you do have the range for it, it's beautiful because – and I think maybe here's the, here's the thing that maybe folks haven't connected yet in how we're presenting this. Say a, a bench press or something is great. It's going to make you strong, right? It's going to build those muscle groups, triceps, chest, whatever. Yeah. Overhead press is going to build triceps, chest, whatever – but it's also going to include this layer of flexibility training. Like you're going to be building this mobility at the same time. Yes. And I think anything for us where you get more benefits in the one exercise is always going to be superior to the one where you get less. You should. And look, most of the reason why BJJ folks don't do a lot of pressing is this is danger. If you're you're under mount and you go, get off me and you put your arm out like this, you're probably going to get armbarred. You know, if you're coming up off the ground and you, you post and you try and push someone away, someone's going to jump on you. You know what I mean? But part of the reason why, I mean, we advocate for this is this is part of the balancing out process. We do the overhead pressing to help stretch the lats. We do the overhead pressing to help st- stabilize the shoulder girdle so that when someone tries to dislocate your arm from your body, it's very strongly attached. Yeah. You know, and I, and I think this is the thing that people are always looking for, like, but where's the, spe- where's the specificity? Where's the key pull-ups? Where's the explosive rotational blah, blah, blah? You're not, we're not actually trying to replicate jiu-jitsu in this moment. What, what I believe um, a lot of people miss with this is that you do this thing, your shoulders will be healthy and stronger, which means you're less likely to get injured on the mat. That's, yep. that's where it comes in. And also, like I said before, not only will you get more flexible, core gets stronger, fucking abs get stronger. Yeah. You know, just your your body working together to support that weight gets stronger as a byproduct. So that's really good. What would you say are the, the common mistakes you see with overhead pressing? F- first thing is people come to overhead pressing without preparing their shoulder. 
So you do need to do a little bit of prep before you start putting weight overhead. My advice is to stretch the pecs and stretch the lats because they are, they are two very strong internal rotators. Part of the reason why people can't get their hands overhead is because they lack external rotation. And it's, yeah, they might be weak there, they might not, but really it's that there's all this load going forward. So if you can open up the chest, loosen up the pecs, and doing some thoracic extension work. Um, I've seen it in a couple of your stories, Joe, with the um, training group doing extension work with the plate. Uh, yeah, um, but that's my secret stuff. Oh, fuck, fuck you then. Fine. Yeah. Don't open up. It's behind, yeah. the, it's behind yeah. the paywall. If That's you don't come right. yeah. to the group. Iron curtain around here, fam. <laughs> Shit. So, secrets. But, but essentially um, doing – Open the shoulders, open the back. Doing some thoracic extension work before you start pressing is essential. Um, e- easiest point, starting point for me with that for folks is do some hanging. Hanging, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, because hanging kind of replicates your overhead, your overhead position. Yeah. So if you're going to do some overhead press – at least get a couple of sets of hanging in. Definitely. And also I always like to do some kettlebell like halos. Because oh, it, yeah. it's, it's circular, which is kind of a, a fairly different stress and stimulus. But it really opens up the shoulder through a full range of motion. And you're going to find out right then if there's problems. Right. <laughs> you know, if you can't it's do a kettlebell halo with a very light weight or you, you grab a, like a five kilo plate or something like that, if you can't take your shoulder through that full range of motion – you probably shouldn't be loading it up too much overhead. Yeah, right. That's, that's what I'd say. What other mistakes do you see? Um, the mistake I see is that people don't go into full extension. Right. It becomes very anterior and people are like, yeah, oh, my shoulders hurt at the front all the time because they're just working here and at no point do they actually bring their arm all the way up and back and there's a point at which it's not loading through the front of the shoulder, it's actually loading through the back. Yeah, like you were saying about the stacking. When you get to a full overhead position, scaps kick in, lower traps kick in. Like it goes from being loaded at the front to being through the back of the the structure. And so because of that, and also part of the reason why I like a kettlebell press over a dumbbell press, you often see people pressing with the weight either side of their ears and just working here, mm. which it's okay, but it's it's only really like a ninety degree range of motion. Whereas when you do a, a kettlebell press and you start from the front, you're looking at more like 160, 180 degrees range of motion of the elbow moving around yeah. the shoulder. Yeah. So more range of motion indicates more work for the shoulder to do that. For sure. How I'll about uh, yourself? Arnold press. Oh, the Arnold press is, yeah. Arnold it's a good one, right? It's but, actually, it's, but it's not a lift that you see a lot of people do. Uh, I think you do see it sometimes, but maybe executed not. Arnold press for the is is with dumbbells and you'd have the dumbbells facing you so palms in so elbows are in by the ribs and then you're pressing up and and then you're rotating externally rotate as you go up. Uh, Actually, you're internally rotating at that point. Oh, sorry. So external rotation at the bottom, internal rotation on the way up. Yeah, but that's it's it is a great shoulder. It kind of it's close to the kettlebell press in that way, isn't it? Very similar. Um, Yeah. Well, you're gonna ask me what I like. Yeah. Well, what what do you see as a a mistake or Mm. or Something that is common in people who are less experienced with pressing. Yeah, I think like I think probably that that mobility range thing is the biggest one. And so the mistake would be like people who don't have the appropriate range trying to overhead press. And I think the the biggest error there is when you try and do like a like a two armed like a bilateral press. So either barbell or like kettlebell in each hand or dumbbell in each hand. Because what happens if you 
if you struggle a bit with the mobility, you're never going to be able to get into a good position when you're loaded on both sides. Yep. But the beauty of a single arm press is that you can kind of cheat it a little. You can organise your body, can't you? Around it. Yeah, and, and I think it gives you the time then to also try and get into the best possible position, really try and like brace things, open the shoulder, stack the weight, you know, sometimes bringing the head through sure. to sort of finish that, that overhead position. I think, yeah, spending time on single arm pressing varieties is the real win there. Definitely. And just for those of you who love a barbell, um, whether it's, it's bench or overhead press or whatever, my, my, the thing I would su- suggest as a change, and it, you, may, you may not have access to this, is to go from an internally rotated grip to a neutral grip. So I've been doing a, a bit of log pressing in the last 12 months or more. And when you do log, even though it's awkward, it's organized with a neutral grip. Mm. This is the optimum position for you to press overhead because it allows you to stretch your lats more easily than it. And what rotated. is that? It's just kind of mid, it's like not internal, it's just it's in the it's, middle. It's in the middle, which, yeah. which is the best position for you to stretch your lats. Right. So uh, in that way, it allows you to get overhead easier. So if you're so used to being kind of internally rotated through holding a barbell, this is actually way more taxing on the shoulder. Yeah. So if you can just bring it back to the neutral position, whether you're using a barbell, maybe you want to use dumbbells, maybe it's, um, oh, the name escapes me. It's a, it's a bar where you have different organization of groups from 45 to neutral. Oh, uh, like the small hex bar uh, like a Like a Swiss bar of sorts. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I, th- I think that's what it... I may be misnaming that, but um, what that does is it just puts your shoulder in a much better position. And I've seen a lot of um, heavy bench presses alternate with a, a neutral grip bench of sorts. Yeah. Takes the pressure out of the, um, the, the glenohumeral joint in the AC there. Ooh. Ooh. Just drop that. Acromia clavicular. Where, where did that come from? Okay, oh Andrew Lord. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I don't know. I wish. But it, it's one of those things, guys, that we don't know why we're getting pain in these spots. Now – it's often because we didn't do the prep. You do the prep and then you, you, you set your joints in a good position. You might not only be able to do this lightly and that's the thing. You don't get the ego stroke of a deadlift or a squat because the weights go up very yeah. <laughs> incrementally. Yeah, like I think I went from like, I gained like two and a half kilos on my overhead pressing last year. Yeah, it's, it's really hard. It's really hard. And if you don't do- That's a hundred pounds for our US listeners. <laughs> It's so it's so hard to really um, improve it. You can't feel as proud or you can't boast like, yeah, I added five kilos to my overhead yeah. press. Yeah, like if you're like a um, – if if you're a woman in the gym and maybe you got some strength training experience but mm. empty bar, like empty barbell – 20 kilos. Is potentially going to be hard. That's and, I, and I know like having taught it here in the gym a lot that a lot of women and, and even inexperienced male lifters are like – I fucking suck at this. You're like, yeah. dude, the person that you think is really strong, they've got like 10 kilos on the bar, but just because those plates are nice and big, they look big. <laughs> looks heavy to you. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, it's kind of the nature of the beast. It's challenging. And there's a lot of different stuff that you can do to improve this. But I would say the, the number one lift that Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu people are not doing is overhead pressing. And that's why I wanted to talk about this today because I think I am biased. I do believe the kettlebell is the best for shoulder development because of what it allows you to do and the ability to go from like a conventional press to a palm press, which is less stable. And then here's a little nugget for y'all. I read a study about shoulder injuries and it, they were talking about 
the hypothesis that grip is related to shoulder problems. Mm-hmm. If you have a weak grip, then you'll have a shitty rotator cuff. So like, they got a bunch of people who had shoulder reconstructions. Like, all right, one group is going to do the classic kind of band rehab stuff and the other group is just going to do grip strength. So they have one group doing like gripper crush gripping Mad, yeah. and then um, uh, hold, like holds, like holding, picking up a weight and just holding it for their grip. The group that did gripping versus the classic kind of band stuff, they healed twice as fast. They got their strength back in their shoulder in half the time. Wow. Just because they improved the grip. Yeah, and right. they were like, this does show there is a direct correlation between your ability to grip and recruitment in the rotator cuff. Mm. So how can we use this information? And I've seen this. There's a guy called Eric Cressy. He's known as the shoulder guy. He works with a lot of baseball people. He gets his pitchers to do bottoms up presses and overhead carries in the bottoms up position because it gets your grip so fucking going, it also gets your rotator cuff going too. Yeah, right on. That, you know, and that's just all these different side facts for me to go, wow, maybe that's why the bottoms up press is such a good move. Superior. That's that's my favorite. But like I said, it's advanced. You've got to take some time to get there. But if I was just using a barbell um, and I had the range of motion, I think behind the head press is pretty special. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, either of those. Mix of the two is the optimum. Yeah. We have inbuilt right to our standards program. We, we basically have this progression ladder that cycles through kettlebell pressing, kettlebell palm press, kettlebell bottoms up press. And over time it scales up in weight, which is um, percentage of body weight. It's fucking awesome. The beauty is, is that you're using different variations at different periods of time under different loads in order to ultimately push your overhead press to new heights. If you're looking for a starting point with that, I would say go and download the app. You get the first seven days free and, and train that on standards. Definitely. Because it's, it's one of the sickest features of our programming, in my opinion. Yeah. And look, if you don't have access to kettlebells, it's no problem. Like dumbbells are great. Use dumbbell, yeah. And if you don't have dumbbells and you've got barbells, barbells are great too. It's, yeah. it's good for you to find what you're working with, but just know that you might need to do a little bit of prep before you start loading up the bar and then that will give you, you know, less, less likely to get injured and, and a better experience when you're pressing. There it is. Strong. All right. Impressive. Thank you. Peace. Bye.